Okay, all right. Uh, good evening or good afternoon, depending on where you are located. Uh, Praises be to our loving Father that we are able to be together once again this evening uh, to study His Word. So today we're going to talk about the senses, and it's based on a question that was given to us by one of our viewers. And this is the question from our brother. Hello, Brother John. Does First Chronicles chapter 21 tell us that doing a head count for religious purposes is evil? And so there's a scriptural basis for the question, and that's found in the book of Chronicles 21. And it's about the census or the head count that was done led by King David. And so the question is, the head count led by King David, is that a sin against Yahuwah Abba? And if that's the case, and is it a sin today if a religious leader, for example, were to do a head count or take a census? And so let's go ahead and look at the chapter in question. First Chronicles 21, 1 to 2, Satan wanted to bring trouble on the people of Israel. So he made David decide to take a census. David gave, gave orders to Joab and the other officers go through Israel from one end of the country to the other and count the people. That's the head count, right? I want to know how many there are. And so that's what it says in Chronicles 21, 1 down to 2. The Bible tells us that Satan wanted to bring trouble on the people of Israel. And so what did he do? He made David decide to take a census. What does that mean? To go throughout all of Israel and to count the people, a head count. It seems based on the inclusion of Satan bringing trouble upon the people of Israel, that taking a census or making a head count per se, is a sin against Yahuwah Abba. So is it in fact a sin? Well, you know, whenever Satan is involved, there must be something wrong behind it. We're going to go deep into this passage, but let's go on first before we ask the question. So when David decided to take a census, he commanded Joab, his commanding officer, and the other officers to go ahead and count the people to determine how many they were. And so when Joab received this command, this order from King David, what was his initial reaction? We read one to two. Let's read verse three. This is what it says. But Joab replied, may Yahuwah increase the number of his people a hundred times over. But why? Why, my lord, the king, do you want to do this? Are they not all your servants? Why must you cause Israel to sin? And so when David instructed Joab to go ahead and count the people of Israel, what was his reaction? He was against it. He did not want David to do it. Instead, he said, why are you going to cause Israel to commit sin? And so initially, we see it is against the will of Yahuwah Abba. And so despite the pleading of Joab, what did David do? Let's read four to six. Nevertheless, the king's word, this is David, uh, prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. Then Joab gave the sum of the number of the people of David. All Israel had 1,100,000 men who drew the sword, and Judah had 470,000 men who drew the sword. But he did not count Levi and Benjamin among them, for the king's word was abominable to Joab. And so Joab, despite his disagreement with the king, eventually relented to what the king wanted him to do, right? What did the king want? 
to count the people of Israel. What did Joab want? Not to do it. But because he was subject to the king, he eventually did it. But of course, he considered what David wanted him to do abominable, detestable. But he did it anyway. But he did not count Levi and Benjamin because he detested the instruction of David. And so the king's word prevailed. A census was taken of the people of Israel. Question is, was it a sin against Yahuwah Abba? We read verse 6. Let's read 7 to 8. God was very displeased with the census, and he punished Israel for it. Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by taking this census. Please forgive my guilt for doing this foolish thing. So was the census that was taken by David a sin before Yahuwah? What is your answer? Yes. Not only was it a sin, it was a great sin against Yahuwah Abba. It was so great, Yahuwah even punished Israel for the sin of David. So we can see this was not a light offense. This was a great offense against Yahuwah Abba. This taking of a census initiated by David really, really angered Yahuwah Allahim. So we need to ask why, right? Why was David taking... Uh, why was David taking the census such a big sin, such a great sin against Yahuwah Elohim? But first, let's ask the question, uh, was it a sin in general to take a census? What was it about the census taken by David that made it a great or big sin before Yahuwah? Is it a sin to take a census? The book of Numbers 1, 1 to 3, Yahuwah spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the desert of Sinai. On the first day of the second month of the second year after the Israelites came out of Egypt. He said, take a census of the whole Israelite community by their clans and families, listing every man by name, one by one. You and Aaron are to number by their divisions all the men in Israel, 20 years old or more, who are able to serve in the army. Is taking a census per se against the will of Yahuwah no, as a matter of fact, there were two census that, was, that were taken during the days of Israel. One was when they were set free from Egypt and they were taking the wilderness journey. A census was taken. What was one of the purposes of the census? It is so that they can determine those eligible to serve where? In the army. It's for military purposes. So a census taken uh, was not per se a sin against Yahuwah Elohim. But take note, the Bible says here, who was the one who called for the census? Was it Moses or was it someone else? Who was it? It was Yahuwah. Right? Yahuwah was the one who initiated. He said to Moses, take a census. And when the census was taken, what was an important part about this command of Yahuwah Elohim. Let's read 47 to 49. The families of the tribe of Levi, however, were not counted along with the others. Yahuwah had said to Moses, you must not count the tribe of Levi or include them in the census of the other Israelites. So according to Yahuwah Elohim, in his instruction to Moses concerning the taking of a census, what tribe was to be excluded from the census? The tribe of Levi, because they could not serve uh, in, in the army or in the military 
because their function was to serve where? In the tabernacle and eventually in the temple. And so this was the first census that was taken. Yahuwah was the one who initiated the census. Later on, after about 40 years before they entered the promised land, what did Yahuwah God also instruct his people Israel to do? Let's fast forward all the way to Numbers 26, 1 down to 4. After the plague, let's pause there for a while. Do you remember Zimri? Remember the plague? In, in, which uh, included the sexual immorality that took place in the tabernacle, right? And Yahuwah was so mad, he sent a plague. Well, after the plague, Yahuwah said to Moses and Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, take a census of the whole Israelite community by families, all those 20 years old or more who are able to serve in the army of Israel. So on the plains of Moab, by the Jordan, across from Jericho, Moses and Eleazar, the priest spoke with them and said, take a census of the men, 20 years old or more, as Yahuwah commanded Moses. These were the Israelites who came out of Egypt. And so when was the other census taken? It was after the plague, after they won victories and then they were defeated because someone became disloyal to Yahuwah and committed a very grievous sin against Yahuwah. So Yahuwah says to Moses, Take a census. And so that's what they did. They took the census according to the commandment of Yahuwah, the one Yahuwah gave to Moses. And again, the same instruction follows in verse 62. The Levites were to be excluded from the census. They were not counted along with the other Israelites. And so when it comes to the census that was taken before, who was the one who commanded the people of God to take a census in the first place. It was Yahuwah. It is by his command. However, when David took the census, what was his basis? Chronicles 21, 1 to 2, Satan wanted to bring trouble on the people of Israel. So he made David decide to take a census. David gave orders to Joab and the other officers go through Israel from one end of the country to the other and count the people. I want to know how many there are. So in this instance, the census taken by David, who was the one, who did it really come from? Was it Yahuwahaba? No, it came from who? Satan. Now, there's something I want you to understand about the name, about Satan in Chronicles 21, 1 to 2. This, this could and it also, there's the possibility it's not referring to Satan, the adversary, by the name of Lucifer. That's how you recognize or know who Satan is, right? Because when you look at the Hebrew word for Satan, it says adversary, unadversary. It doesn't say the adversary. So this could be any adversary. It doesn't have to be specifically the cherubim who fell from the grace, the shining one who tempted Adam and Eve. This could be a different Satan. This could, in fact, even be a person who is considered an adversary. The whole point is, it did not come from Yahuwah Abba. It came from the steerings of an enemy, an adversary. And so contrary to what happened in the past, where Yahuwah was the one who initiates to take the census. In this instance, it was not Yahuwah Allahim. It was an adversary, okay? So 
What is one reason? Why was David taking the census of big sin? Number one, it was not commit, commanded by Yahuwah Alahim. What else is another reason why it was a big sin against Yahuwah Abba? Well, let's go ahead and look at the context. We read chapter 21. To get a context, we need to look at 20. Because we ask ourselves, why would there be a need to take the census in the first place, right? Why? What is his purpose? Well, we figure it out when we read verse uh, chapter 20 of First Chronicles. It's a short chapter. Might as well read the whole chapter 20, right? And then go to 21. So let's go ahead and read chapter 20 of Chronicles. This is what it says. In the spring, at the time when the kings go off to war, Joab, that's his commanding officer, led out uh, the armed forces. He laid waste the land of the Ammonites and went to Rabbah and besieged it. But David remained in Jerusalem. Joab attacked Rabbah and left it in ruins. And so what we read here was about Joab. And he went on an expedition. And he led his armies, the armed forces, with military victories one after the other. Joab attacked Rabbah and left it in ruins. Where was David at this time? He was not fighting with his men. Where was he? In Jerusalem. But his fighting men, they were out there and they were conquering many lands, one military victory after the other. And so what happened after this military victory? Two down to three. David took the crown from the head of their king. Its weight was found to be a talent of gold. And it was set with precious stones. So it's a nice looking throne. What did he do with that throne? Or what did he, did he do with uh, this crown? What did he do with it? What does it say? And it was placed on David's head. Can you imagine that? He took a great quantity of plunder from the city and brought out the people who were there, consigning them to labor with saws and with iron picks and axes. David did this to tell the Ammonite towns. To all the Ammonite towns. Then David and his entire army returned to Jerusalem. So in one of their conquests, what did David fall in love with? A crown. A crown made of gold and precious stones. He, it was placed on his head. Does that tell you something? Remember what power does. What does power do? When you have power, what does it do? Yeah, it corrupts you. It has a way of making you succumb to its hypnotic powers for some reason. Now he's falling in love with material things. The gold, the precious stone. That's why he took great quantities of plunder for himself, right? And so he's becoming more and more materialistic. And he likes the crown that was on his head. Very different from the David of old what was the david of old running from cave to cave very dependent on who yahuwah abba now his focus has changed what happened to david now his focus are on the things he can see his military strength his military people and so what else uh, happened during this time four down to eight in the course of time war broke out with the philistines at gezer at that time sibekai the Hushathite killed Sipai, one of the descendants of the Rephaites, and the Philistines were subjugated. In another battle with the Philistines, Elhanan, son of Jair, killed Lami, the brother of Goliath the Detite, who had a spear uh, with a shaft like a weaver's rod. 
it's in still another battle which took place at Gath. There was a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in all. He also was descended from Rapha. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of Shimea, David's brother, killed him. These were descendants of Rapha in Gath, and they fell at the hands of David and his men. So we can see David and his exploits were rewarded with victory after victory, plunder after plunder. When you have a series of victories like this, what is the tendency? The tendency is you begin to parade your accomplishments, right? You begin to announce to the people what you were able to do. Your focus begins to shift. Instead of focusing upon the law of Yahuwah Abba, people begin to shift on their accomplishments, their successes. Do you see that transformation? Do you see that shift? And so after a series of military victories, what does David decide to do? Well, he decides that he likes, he likes the power and the military victory that he has. And so instead of delighting in Yahuwah Abba, which was, which was what he was supposed to do, because whenever we do have victories, what should be our response as people of Allahim? Our response should be to delight, right? To delight in Yahuwah Abba. What did he do instead? Well, this is not about David, but this is the tendency of human beings, as mentioned by the prophet Jeremiah in 9, 23, 24. This is what Yahuwah says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am Yahuwah who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these things I, Yahuwah, have spoken. If you are to read the narratives about the exploits of David from beginning to end, you can see there was a transformation. Instead of <clears throat> becoming more gentle when it comes to dealing with other people, he became more focused on his military prowess. And so we can say he succumbed to boasting about wisdom, riches, and power instead of delighting in Yahuwah Almighty. This is why after his military victories in 20, when we go to 21, now we understand the context. 21, 1 to 2, Satan wanted to bring trouble on the people of Israel. So he made David uh, decide to take a census. David gave orders to Joab and the other officers go through Israel from one end of the country to the other and count the people. I want to know how many they are. So the purpose of the census was not because he was following the command of Yahuwah, but to be able to boast about how large the kingdom has become, to be able to boast about the number of people under his leadership instead of submitting to the will of Yahuwah Abba. This is why in 2 Samuel 23, because 1 Chronicles 21 has a parallel passage in 2 Samuel 24.3. So we get two different perspectives of the same event. In 24.3, this is what it says, but Joab replied to the king. Remember, Joab tried to resist the king, right? May Yahuwah, your God, let you live to see a hundred times 
as many people as there are now. But why, my Lord, the king, do you want to do this? And so Joab was trying to convince David not to go through with the sentence. Look, Yahuwah God is able to give you a hundred times more people than there are now. And so we can see the focus of David was how big his kingdom was, how many people he had under his leadership. And so that's another reason why it was a sin to, to take the census. Okay, first, it was not commanded by Yahuwah Elohim. Number two, it was David's pride at work. What also could be another reason? Well, let's go back to 2 Samuel 24, 4 down to 8. But the king insisted that they take the census. So Joab and the commanders of the army went out to count the people of Israel. First, they crossed the Jordan and encamped at Arawar, south of the town, the valley, in the direction of Geth. And they went to Jazer, then to Gilead, in the land of Tatim, Hodshi, and to, Daan, to Danjaan, and around to Sidon. Then they came to the stronghold of Tyre, and all the towns of the Hevites and Canaanites. Finally, they went south to Judah, as far as Beersheba. Having gone through the entire land for nine months and 20 days, they returned to Jerusalem. And so how long did the project take to take the census? It took nine months and 20 days. And after this was done, what was the report of Joab? In Chronicles 21, 5 to 6, Joab reported uh, the census figures to David in Israel, there were 1,100 men who could serve in the army. And in Judah, Judah there were 470,000 who could serve in the army. Joab didn't include Levi and Benjamin in the number because he was disgusted with the king's order. Can you imagine that? What was the focus of David? He wanted to know how many fighting men there were, right? He wanted to know how big his army was. And because he wanted his army to be so vast in his instruction to Joab, he even wanted to include the tribe of Levi. Well, what did Yahuwah say? When you take a census, leave out Levi. But he wanted, he wanted Levi to be also counted or be part of the census. But Joab didn't do it. And he even left Benjamin out because he was disgusted with the king's order. So we can see the focus of David because of his pride was no longer really confidence in Yahuwah, but confidence in his military strength, right? Because when you have pride, when you have pride, you are trusting in your own strength. And when you are relying on your own strength, you want the source of your strength. In this case, he's focused now on military uh, personnel. He's focused now on how many people in his army. And so his focus was that instead of placing his confidence in Yahuwah, again, violating another teaching of the prophet Jeremiah. What was that? Jeremiah 17, 5 and 7. This is what Yahuwah says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from Yahuwah. But blessed are those who trust in Yahuwah and have made Yahuwah their hope and confidence. And so according to Jeremiah, whenever because of success, we forget the source of our success and begin to rely on human strength, then we are 
straying away from Yahuwah. Isn't this the natural tendency of men, right? You're in big trouble, for example. You find yourself in a big mess. You pray to Yahuwah Abba. Oh, Yahuwah Abba, if you, will get, if you will get me out of this mess, I promise I will worship you. It gets you out. It delivers you from your mess. And so you begin to succeed. What happens all of a sudden? You forget Yahuwah. And your focus is on what you accomplished. All of a sudden, you focus on your power, on human strength, what you can see instead of what you cannot see, who is Yahuwah. That's the pattern of humanity. And the Bible has illustrated this pattern again and again and again, not just with David, but practically all of the leaders of the people of Yahuwah Elohim. So David was one of them too. He began to rely on human strength instead of placing his hope and confidence in Yahuwah Abba. Very different, right? From how he started. Remember how he started? He didn't have anything. He was being hunted down. This is why sometimes it's good not to have so much success. Like what we always say to you, sometimes our success can be our own worst enemies because it teaches us to place our hope in human strength instead of placing our confidence in you, Yahuwah Abba. And so we have to be careful with success especially when it comes to religious success. Because there are many people today who, who belong to religions and they break so many records here and there. And what do they do? They parade their accomplishments. They show the world records, right? And so they place their confidence now in human strength and human wisdom. But the Bible wants us to always go back to where we came from. Yahuwah's strength. That must be the place of our hope. And confidence. So number three, he relied on military or human strength instead of Yahuwah Elohim. But what else could be a reason why the taking of our senses was a big sin against Yahuwah Elohim? Let's go back to Chronicles 21, 1 to 3. We just want to highlight something. We read this passage already. This is when Joab was resisting what David wanted him to do, right? To carry out the census. Do you notice what Joab said, he said, are they not all your servants? And so David, apparently, by implication in this passage, wanted to exercise more power and control over his constituents. You notice that? And Joab said, wait a minute, are they not all your servants? Why do you need to do this? And so when Joab presented this argument to David, he also added... The next one, look at the uh, highlight. Why are you going to cause Israel to sin? And so by taking the census, there was a danger of David taking too much control, too much power over his constituents and the danger of his constituents, the people of Israel, to be more loyal to him. In other words, to place her hope and trust in him as their king instead of who? Yahuwah Abba, causing Israel to commit sin. And why do we say that by taking a census, David would end up having more control or exercising more lordship, if you can call it that, over the people of Israel? Well, when Yahuwah gave instructions to Moses to take the census, what was required from the people who were counted? Let's read the law concerning the taking of census. Exodus 30, 11 to 16. Then Yahuwah spoke to Moses saying, when you take the census of the children of Israel for their number, 
then every man shall give a ransom for himself to Yahuwah when you number them, that there may be no plague among them when you number them. This is what everyone among those who are numbered shall give, half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 gerats. The half shekel shall be an offering to Yahuwah. Everyone included, among, everyone included among those who are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering to Yahuwah. The rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. When you give an offering to Yahuwah to make atonement for yourselves and you shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of meeting that it may be a memorial for the children of Israel before Yahuwah to make atonement for yourselves. And so what was the instruction of Yahuwah whenever a census was to be taken? The Bible says they have to give an offering. And the Bible calls this atonement money. And what is the purpose of this atonement money? It is for the service of the tabernacle of meeting. And so whenever a census was being taken, Yahuwah is telling uh, Moses, it is a way of making sure that these people belong to who? To Yahuwah. And so when you take a census, it was a way of saying these people belong to me. This is why they give an offering, an offering of loyalty to the one who made the count. In this case, it is Yahuwah. But if David took the census without prior consent from Yahuwah Abba, then he himself is taking ownership of who? The people of Israel, exercising more control over them. We don't know, but perhaps he even got them to pay taxes. Maybe he even convinced them to give the offering that, was, that should be for the tabernacle of meeting, even though it was not uh, as commanded by Yahuwah, Allahim. And so it tells us that David did something to show that he was king and that he had lordship over the people in his kingdom. Now, what was the law of Yahuwah concerning the kings? The kings. Let's read the book of Deuteronomy 17, 17 and 20. The king must not take many wives for himself because they will turn his heart away from Yahuwah. And he must not accumulate large amounts of wealth in silver and gold for himself. When he sits on the throne as king, he must copy for himself. Uh-oh, what does it say? This book of instruction on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. He must always keep that copy with him and read it daily as long as he lives. That way he will learn to fear Yahuwah, his God, by obeying all the terms of these instructions and decrees. This regular reading will prevent him from becoming proud and acting as if he is above his fellow citizens. It will also prevent him from turning away from these commands in the smallest way. And it will ensure that he and his descendants will reign for many generations in Israel. And so what was the command of Yahuwah Abba concerning the kings? Of Israel, the kings of Judah. The Bible says, first of all, you're not going to have many wives. You shouldn't accumulate gold for yourself, right? And also, it mentions that you should not think, you should not become proud, acting as if you are higher than your fellow citizens. So, if the purpose of taking a census is to express lordship 
over the people under your leadership. That is against the will of Yahuwah Elohim. And that's perhaps what David did. Because one thing for sure, the Bible says it was a great sin. This census that was taken by David. So why was David, why was David taking a census such a big sin? Number one, it's not commanded by Yahuwah Elohim. Number two, it showed his pride. Number three, it shifted his focus away from Yahuwah and towards human strength. And number four, he tried to take ownership of the people. In other words, his kingship over the people extended beyond the boundary that Yahuwah Abba allowed. Because when he gave, when he made it, when he took the census, he was taking ownership of the people of Israel. But the people of Israel doesn't belong to David. It belongs to who? Yahuwah Allahim. And so David committed a sin, right? And the one thing about David, we know he committed, I mean, he's not perfect, right? But the one thing about David that makes him different from the other kings, when he is confronted with his sin, what does he do? What does he do? This is what Yahuwah God loved about David. He's not perfect, right? Yahuwah repents, right? How about this time? Let's read 2 Samuel 24.10. But after he had taken the census, David's conscience began to bother him. And he said to Yahuwah, I have sinned greatly by taking the census. Please forgive my guilt, Yahuwah, for doing this foolish thing. So he acknowledges his sin, unlike other kings. <laughs> other kings rationalize their sins. Like Saul, remember, when he sinned against Yahuwah, he rationalized his sin. David, he knew he was guilty. He knew he sinned greatly against Yahuwah. And so he asked for forgiveness. And it, Yahuwah also prompted a prophet to speak uh, to David. Remember when David sinned against um, Yahuwah Abba, when he sinned against a uh, committed adultery against Bathsheba, and Uriah was, uh, was, was killed because of his uh, actions, right? It was a sin against the flesh. It was a sin of the flesh, right? It was a sin of momentary weakness, a one-night stand, we can call it that. And Yahuwah God used a prophet. What was his name? Nathan, right? This time, it's not a sin of the flesh. This is a sin of the spirit because it was about pride, about willful pride, a sin of the spirit. And so Yahuwah God moved another prophet to speak to David. Who was that? Chronicles 21, 7 to 8. God was very displeased with the census. And he punished uh, Israel for it. And uh, then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by taking this census. Please forgive my guilt for doing this foolish thing. And so who did Yahuwah God do or use as an instrument to tell David about his sin and to carry out the punishment of Israel. Well, let's read Chronicles 9 to 12. Then Yahuwah spoke to Gad, okay? Gad, uh, David's seer. That's David's prophet. This was the message. Go and say to David, this is what Yahuwah says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of these punishments and I will inflict it on you. So God came to David and said, these are the choices Yahuwah has given you. You may choose one of the three things. Three years of famine, that's one. Three months of destruction by the sword of your enemies, that's two. Or three days of severe plague as the angel of Yahuwah brings devastation throughout the land of Israel. Decide what answer I should give 
Yahuwah who sent me. And so David repents. David knows he's guilty. He asks for forgiveness. But we know with Yahuwah Abba, we have to also face the consequences of our sins, right? And this is a teaching moment really for us. We need to learn from this incident, okay? David committed a sin. But do you notice who gets to be punished? Goodness. All of Israel. So the sin of David, Israel gets to be punished. And David gets to decide how they are to be punished. One of three things. Three years of famine, three months of destruction, by sword of your enemies, and three days of severe plague. What would you choose if you were David? What would you choose? Three years, three months, three days. I'd probably go for three days, right? So what did David do? Let's read 13 to 15. I'm in a desperate situation. Yeah, that's probably an understatement. David replied again, but let me fall into the hands of Yahuwah, for his mercy is very great. What he's saying is, by choosing plague, you rely on the mercy of Yahuwah, because he's the one who's going to provide the plague, Okay. For his mercy is very great, but do not let me fall into human hands. So Yahuwah sent a plague upon Israel and, and this is the sad part, 70,000 people died as a result. Imagine that. David, who was the one who committed the sin? David, right? What was the result of his sin? 70,000 people died. Do you know what? We can learn from this incident in the Holy Scriptures. We need to learn and understand that we are responsible for our own actions. Am I right? We will be accountable for our actions. We're not going to be held accountable. Or we're not going to be held accountable to someone else, but to God. It's because an excuse that one might give, well, I was just following my king's orders like nowadays i'm just following what my spiritual leader is telling me aren't there a lot of people who think like that right i will just submit myself completely to what he has to tell me because yahuwah placed him there did yahuwah place david in his throne yeah did david commit a sin yeah what happened to the people of Israel? They died. How many people died? 70,000 people died, right? And so what does this tell us? We will be held accountable, not to our leaders, but to Yahuwah, Allahim. But you might be thinking and asking yourself, why would Yahuwah, Allahim punish Israel for the sins of David, right? Why? It doesn't seem fair. Well, we have to remember and keep in mind what... Uh, the Bible tells us, right? Remember when Joab was confronting David, why will you cause Israel to sin? So the Israelites knew, they knew they could cause or commit sin. Perhaps not everyone knew, right? But there were people who maybe opposed it because they knew it was against the will of Abba. But we don't know what happened behind the scenes. However, something sheds light or gives us light on this matter. Why Yahuwah Allahim punished Israel for the sins of David? Here it is. 2 Samuel 24. Before I read 24, remember the passage we read in Chronicles chapter 21 has a parallel passage, right? 
It's about the same event told from different perspectives from different writers, but it's the same event. We read 21, let's read 24. And it's very, very enlightening. Look at this, 24, one to two. Once again, the anger of Yahuwah burned against Israel and he caused David to harm them by taking a census. Go and count the people of Israel and Judah, Yahuwah told him. So the king said to Job, to Joab and the commanders of the army, take a census of all the tribes of Israel from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, so I may know how many people there are. And so the question is, why would Yahuwah punish the Israelites for the sins of David? Well, even before the census was taken, Yahuwah was already angry. You notice that? In fact, not only was he angry, the Bible used the word burned. How often do we associate the burning anger of Yahuwah to, to, to a certain sin in the Bible? What sin is that? What sin do we find Yahuwah's anger burning? <laughs> what sin is that? When his people commits what? Yeah, idolatry. Do you know what the Bible's telling us here? The people of Israel is again becoming guilty of idolatry. Uh, David, he was becoming more and more of a king who became like an idol for the people of Israel. You, you, do you see that, brethren? The Israelites, they were beginning to show more loyalty to David than to who? To Yahuwah. We see this happening all the time. When the people place their faith and loyalty to the man who leads them here on earth, rather than to the one who is their true leader, Yahuwah, and also our king, Yahushua. Do you see that? And so Yahuwah is angry with not only David, he's also angry with Israel. Wait a minute. In Chronicles 21, 1 to 2, because here in this passage, Psalm 24, it says, Yahuwah caused David to harm them by taking a census, right? But in Chronicles, who was the one who put the idea in David's mind to take the census? Was it Yahuwah? What does it say there? It says Satan. Which is which? There's a contradiction in the Bible. No, no, no. You see, sometimes the Yahuwah's sovereign will gives permission even for the adversary to do what he needs to do. You see, in verses 1 to 2, Yahuwah God was already angry with David. He was already angry with Israel because they were already given into their sin. And so what does he do? He gives permission for that sin to be exposed to the work of the adversary. That's the sovereign will of Yahuwah. Sometimes he permits Satan. For example, when he permitted Satan to test Job, right? He permitted uh, Satan to carry to its completion the sin that was already shown by David and the Israelites. And so Yahuwah basically said to David and the Israelites, okay, go ahead, have it your way. If you're going to idolize David that much, David, if you really want to be king over Israel, then the tempter, I will allow him to tempt you to go ahead and take that census. And that's what David did. David made the census. And because of this census that was taken, which was showing that David wanted to be 
an owner of the people of Israel. What happened to Israel? We know that a plague was sent. And in verse 15, God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But just as the angel was preparing to destroy it, Yahuwah relented and said to the deaf angel, stop, that is enough. At that moment, the angel of Yahuwah was standing by the threshing floor of Arauna, the Jebusite. And so after 70,000 people died, and the angel of death was to strike Jerusalem, Yahuwah said, stop, right? And when Yahuwah said, stop, where were they standing? The threshing floor of Arauna, the Jebusite. I want you to keep that in mind. They were in the threshing floor of this Jebusite. That's where the place stopped, okay? And when it stopped, what happened? To, what did David do? 21, 16 and 17. David looked up and saw the angel of Yahuwah standing between heaven and earth with his sword drawn, reaching out over Jerusalem. So this angel of death is about to destroy all of Jerusalem, okay? So what did David do? So David and the leaders of Israel put on burlap to show their deep distress and fell face down on the ground. And David said to God, I am the one who called for the census. I am the one who said who sinned and done wrong. But these people are as innocent as sheep. What have they done? Oh, Yahuwah, my God, let your anger fall against me and my family. But do not destroy your people. It's a good thing. Of the many attributes that David has, his humility and repentant heart was one of his biggest attributes, right? When he knew he was guilty of sin, what did he do? He called to Yahuwah and said, let me be the one to be punished, not the people of Israel. He repented. He returned to Yahuwah. And after his deep repentance, what did Yahuwah decide to do for the angel that he sent? Let's read 18 and 21. Then the angel of Yahuwah told Gad to instruct David to go up and build an altar to Yahuwah on the threshing floor of Arauna, the Jabbosite. So David went up to do what Yahuwah had commanded him through Gad. Ara'anua, who was busy threshing wheat at the time, turned and saw the angel there. His four sons <coughs> who were with him ran away and hid. When Arauna saw David approaching, he left his threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. And what did David do? David said to Aranua, let me buy this threshing floor from you at its full price. And I will build an altar to Yahuwah there so that he will stop the plague. Take it, my lord the king, and use it as you wish. Aruna said to David, I will give the oxen for the burnt offerings and the threshing boards for wood to build a fire on the altar and the wheat for the grain offering. I will give it all to you. But King David replied to Aruna, to Ar Arauna, no, I insist on buying it for the full price. I will not take what is yours and give it to Yahuwah. I will not present burnt offerings that have cost me nothing. So David gave Aruna, Arauna 600 pieces of gold in payment for the threshing floor. And so what was the instruction of the angel of Yahuwah uh, to David so that the play can be stopped? To go ahead and build an, an altar in the threshing floor that was owned by a, a, Jesu, a Jebusite. What was the name of this Jebusite? Arauna. That's a nice thing. Arauna. That's his name, right? And so David buys the land, the threshing floor, and what does he do? Uh, 
David built an altar there to Yahuwah and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And when David prayed, Yahuwah answered him by sending fire from heaven to burn up the offering on the altar. Then Yahuwah spoke to the angel who put the sword back into its sheath. And so the plague was stopped. Yahuwah answered the prayer of David. He built an altar where? In the threshing floor of Araut. What's his name again? You gotta get that name right. What's his name? Ara, Arauna. Arauna. You got it. A threshing floor of Arauna. And so when the offering was presented to Yahuwah, Yahuwah responded by sending fire from heaven to burn up offering on the altar. And so it would have an ending, right? But it cost Israel how many people? 70,000 people. And it required the complete repentance of the leader of the people of Israel. What's his name? David. It's a good thing David repented. It's a good thing David was humble to admit to his sin and repented and followed the instructions. Followed the instructions. Because repentance cannot be fulfilled until one fulfills the instruction that Yahuwah wants to be done. Okay? So that Yahuwah God will forgive uh, David. And so David did that. And so the altar was accepted by Yahuwah God. And you know what? What eventually happened? Do you know why? What eventually happened at that threshing floor? 22.1. Then David said, this will be the location for the temple of Yahuwah God. And the place of the altar for Israel's burnt offerings. And so because of the repentance of David. And his obedience to the command. That place where the plague stopped became the place where the temple is to be built. It happens to be the very same spot where Abraham was about to offer his son, Isaac. What mountain was that? Mount Moriah. <laughs> Mount Moriah. Apparently, Yahuwah God preferred this spot for the building of the temple. And that's when, eventually, David learned something out of all this. What was that? In Psalms 118, 8 to 9, it is better to trust in Yahuwah than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust in Yahuwah than to put confidence in princes. So was there a happy ending after all? There was, right? And that's something that we need to remember when it comes to serving Yahuwah and his purpose because he's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants, okay? And because of his sovereignty, even if his people commit sin, what is Yahuwah Abba able to do concerning everything, good and bad, that happens in our life? In Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So if we are among those called by Yahuwah Abba, everything that happens to us, the mistakes that we make, if we are repentant, keep this in mind, if we are repentant, and repentance <coughs> means doing what he wants us to do, right? Not only confessing what is wrong, but beginning to shift from away from sin and to doing what Yahuwah God wants us to do. That's repentance. When Yahuwah God sees us repenting, the consequences of our sin, 
he can cause that to work together for our good. This is what happened to David. David repented. David followed the instruction. And so he used the incident so that the temple can be built in the place where it should be built. Again, the purpose of Yahuwah is fulfilled. We need to always keep that in mind. Yahuwah Abba, he's the one orchestrating everything in our life, including our calling as people of God in these last days. And so we must learn from this incident. How can we learn and apply what happened to David and the people of Israel concerning the census that was taken? Let's read the book of Isaiah 24, 15 and 16. Therefore, in the east, give glory to Yahuwah. Exalt the name of Yahuwah, the God of Israel, in the islands of the sea. From the ends of the earth, we hear singing glory to the righteous one. But I said, I waste away, I waste away, woe to me. The treacherous betray with treachery, the treacherous betray. What must we do if since we are included among the call of Yahuwah Abba, we have an election from him, which is why those who are from the islands of the sea during a time called ends of the earth, we have a purpose to fulfill. We must not betray Yahuwah Abba by not fulfilling that purpose. What is that purpose? The Bible says we need to give glory to who? To Yahuwah Abba, right? The Bible says in the East, give glory to Yahuwah, exalt the name of Yahuwah. How can we exalt the name of Yahuwah if we do not proclaim the name of Yahuwah? How can we exalt the name of Yahuwah if we will proclaim Lord or Baal? How? We need to proclaim the name of Yahuwah so that we can give glory that is due to him. But the Bible says instead of doing that, they committed, there's a danger of committing treacherous betrayal. And when we know, when we look into betrayal and treachery, anger being burned against the people of God, it's always involving what again? Idolatry. And so the Bible says, instead of giving glory to Yahuwah, somebody else gets the glory. And this is what happened to us. This is what happened to us. But you know what? Yahuwah, he wants to give his people a chance. He wants to give his nation the opportunity to repent, right? And to truly repent, what do you need to do? You have to follow what Yahuwah God wants you to do, right? And so what does Yahuwah God want his people who came from the islands of the sea during a time called ends of the earth to do to show true repentance? Isaiah 1, 16 and 17, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. That's what Yahuwah God wanted to do. He wanted his people, his leaders to do this, to cleanse themselves of wrongdoing, to defend the fatherless and plead for the widow. Instead of using authority and power to oppress and to control, just like one who is taking a census. And even requiring from those who are to be included in the census to do certain things to prove their loyalty to the one instructing the census. The Bible says, no, do not use oppressive means. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. But instead of following what Yahuwah wanted them to do, instead of repentance, what happened instead? 21 to 23, see how the faithful city has become a harlot. She was once full of justice. Righteousness used to dwell in her. But now murderers 
your silver has become dross, your choice wine is diluted with water, your rulers are rebels, companions of thieves, they all love bribes and chase after gifts, they do not defend the cause of the fatherless, the widow's case does not come before them, instead of complying to what Yahuwah wants them to do in complete repentance, what instead did they do? Bible says they rebelled, they became companions of thieves, they went, they loved bribes and chased after gifts. They oppressed the fatherless and the widow's case did not come before them. And so instead of using the influence they had to do good, they used the influence to oppress. This is why brothers and sisters, Yahuwah God decided, he made a decision concerning the people whom he called for himself. What was that decision? Eight to ten. So the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in a vineyard, as a hut in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Unless Yahuwah of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. Hear the word of Yahuwah, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. Yahuwah God gave his people from the island of the sea an opportunity to repent. But they did not heed. They did not heed the teachings of Yahuwah Abba. Instead, what did they do? Whatever they wanted. And so what was the decree of Yahuwah Elohim? The Bible says that the daughter of Zion would become like Sodom and Gomorrah. It would become a faithless city, like a harlot. But before doing this, what did Yahuwah God do? He set apart. He left behind a very small remnant. And we are the very small remnant, brothers and sisters, but we have work to do. Remember when Yahuwah showed David and the people of Israel about how wrong the census was because it demonstrated their faithfulness and loyalty was to a man and not to Yahuwah Abba. Yahuwah gave the leader an opportunity to repent, and he did. And Yahuwah God blessed them. And eventually that turned into the building of the temple. Brethren, it's unfortunate that did not happen during our time. But he did leave a very small remnant. We now have to build that temple. What temple is that? That's the assembly of Yahushua. All things work together for good. For those, for those who repent and who follow the teachings of Yahuwah Allahim. But in our process... In the building of the assembly that belong to Yahuwah and to Yahusha. What, what must we do? What must we heed? The Bible says, heed the word. Heed the word of Yahuwah. Give ear to the law of our God. This is why it's but right that we restore the laws, the commandments of Yahuwah, the Ten Commandments of God. Because it's part of what we need to do as we build the body of Yahusha, the assembly or church that belongs to our Mashiach. In preparation for that day when he will return for our salvation. Brothers and sisters, it is but right we study this lesson today. Because tomorrow is the day of atonement. And the day of atonement required the people of Israel, the people of Allahim, to conduct self-reflection. To repent just like David. To go to loving Abba and ask for forgiveness. Because when we ask for forgiveness... And we begin to act on what Yahuwah wants us to do. He will cause everything. He will cause everything in our life. To work together for our good. It doesn't matter what our past sins were. 
or the consequences of our actions in the past, good or bad, whatever it may be. He can cause all things to work together for our good. This is what Yahuwah Abba is going to do, especially for those who are truly and completely repent, approaching Yahuwah Abba with their hearts, asking, asking for complete forgiveness. This is what we will do. Beloved brothers and sisters, let us stand for our prayer. Everlasting Abba, almighty and gracious Yahuwah, we know that you are very particular about whom we give honor, praise, and glory to. If in the past we have given glory to human beings, if in the past we have praised men and relied on human strength, forgive us, loving Abba. Teach us in the remaining days and years of our life to completely place our confidence on you and you alone. Thank you for our calling and election. We will do our very best to glorify you by proclaiming your name, Yahuwah, and to dedicate our life in obeying all of your commandments. Father, help us to truly repent in the days ahead, loving Abba. Teach us to reflect upon our own life because we know when we examine our actions, when we examine our thoughts, even our speech, we are guilty of many sins. We take the time now as an assembly of your people. Please have mercy upon us. Teach us to repent. We know when we fully surrender to you by your power, loving Abba, you can cause all things to work together for good. We are your people in these last days. We approach you now humbly, not because we deserve to, but because you invite us to, because you are merciful and loving, giving up your son, that we can approach you in this manner. Loving Abba, thank you. Because despite our sins, we are still here. Forgive us now. Forgive us our guilt and replenish us with newness of strength as we carry out our duties. Our loving Mashiach, Yahushua, our King, we know you will arrive soon as we wait for your return. We'll pledge loyalty to you as well. You are our true King. You are our true leader. And so we give glory to you as well because it pleases Abba. Father, please bless your people throughout the world. Help us to do our best that we will focus on you, that we will focus on your words, completely obeying your teachings. We believe, loving Abba, you have listened to our prayers. You will bless us in all of our endeavors. For we ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen.